say Merry Christmas to you. We're so glad that you're here this morning as we celebrate together. And I'd ask you to take your hymn book as they bring the lights back up. We're going to join our hearts and voices together in song. A great, great Christmas hymn. Oh, come all you faithful. Number 89 in your hymn book. And we'll stand up and sing out number 89. Let's stand and sing and lift our voices in praise. 89, oh come all you faithful.
Christmas Eve at the last minute, a new husband remembered that he needed to buy his wife a present for Christmas. And he tended to be a little bit on the tight side and he was unable to decide exactly what to get. So he went into an upscale department store. He went to the cosmetics counter and he asked the clerk, how about some perfume? Well, she went and she pulled out a bottle that cost two hundred dollars. And he's like, uh, that, that's too expensive. So the salesperson returned that one, got another one and brought out a bottle that was only $100. Still too expensive, he said. So in, za- in exasperation, she came out with a bottle that cost $10. And the man also rejected this one and said, I want to see something really cheap. So the clerk handed him a mirror. <laughs> I want you to think about the best Christmas gift that you've ever received. Does something come to mind? The very best Christmas gift you've ever received. I love Christmas. I've always loved Christmas. In fact, when I was growing up, when I was a little boy, I was never a little boy. When I was a younger boy, uh, I used to literally shake with excitement on Christmas morning when I got up and the presents were there and all that sort of thing. 
And I got to thinking about the best gift that I ever received. And to be honest with you, with you, it's hard to nail down the very best gift. But you can think of some memorable gifts at least. And I thought about a memorable gift uh, that I received one year. When I was seven years old, I really wanted a go-kart. I mean, that's what I really wanted. I mean, I really, really wanted a go-kart. And, I, and you know, a go-kart something you kind of know if you got it or not. When you walk out to the Christmas tree, you know if there's a go-kart under there or not. Because it's, that's not a small thing. But anyway, I got up Christmas morning and there were gifts in the living room. I come out and there's no go-kart. And I'll be honest with you. And you can say I'm sport or whatever. Man, I was really disappointed. There was no go-kart. But what I didn't know was that all the gifts were not under the Christmas tree. In fact, the go-kart was actually in the kitchen. And so I go from the living room to the kitchen, and there is my go-kart. I'm so excited. And I mean, my brother and I, we rode our go-karts. I mean, I think the, the clutch glowed red. I mean, honestly, I mean, we rode those things long and hard. In fact, here I am with my go-kart. <laughs> Now, I tell you what, Dale Jr. had nothing on me in my go-kart. I mean, I could drive that thing. I could drive that thing. The only thing that's funny about that picture to me is the fact that those are welding goggles I'm wearing. How I saw, I don't know. But there I am, seven years old with my go-kart, my welding goggles. But okay, your turn. Have you got in your mind this morning what was your greatest gift you ever received? Or one of those memorable gifts that you'll never forget. So think about that gift for a moment. You got one in your mind? Now multiply the value of that gift by a trillion. Then when you get that answer, add another trillion zeros to the end of your answer. And when you're through, sit back, look at that answer, and realize that you're still not even in the ballpark of the value of the greatest gift that was ever given. I want to talk to you this morning about the greatest gift. You know, Christmas is such a wonderful time of the year, but for a lot of people, Christmas is busy. Have you found that to be the case? With presents to buy and wrap and label parties to attend, Christmas programs, parades, pictures to take, uh, cookies to bake and eat, stockings to hang, trees to trim, Christmas cards to select and sign and address and lick shut oh, and uh, stamp and put in the mail and on and on and on and on and go. Shall I go on? And then moms and dads, what about Christmas break from school? They're off for two whole weeks. In other words, Christmas can be stressful. Christmas can be exhausting. Christmas can be a drain physically, financially, emotionally and relationally. And the extended family is coming, you know, and it's only going to get more so. And so with this bleak picture It's interesting to note what humorist Garrison Keillor once said. He said a lovely thing about Christmas is is that it is compulsory. Like a thunderstorm, we all go through it together. But in honesty, beloved, is that what God had in mind on that very first Christmas when he sent his son to be born in Bethlehem so long ago? Is Christmas supposed to be endured or is it meant to be enjoyed? I think we all know the answer. That's why we say to each other, Merry Christmas, not stressful Christmas, not exhausted Christmas, not draining Christmas, but Merry Christmas. And so this morning, I want to help all of us to to push the reset button, to leave the craziness, to leave the stress, to leave the strain, to leave the unending schedule surrounding Christmas time and think for just a few minutes about the greatest gift. 
to restore the joy, to restore the marvel, to restore the wonder of Christmas, to restore the real reason for this season. And I want us to look into God's word together this morning as we think about the greatest gift. And as we do this, our sermon this morning is to be a little bit different because, you know, normally I take one passage of Scripture and we stay in that passage and we'll add other things as we go throughout. But this morning, what I did is I went through the New Testament. I selected various passages and I put them together and then I put them up here. We're going to read them together and I moved all the references to the end. So we'll have smooth flow as we read. But as we read today, you're going to note this talks about the gift that was given. It's going to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we're going to read this together and we're going to pray and then we'll look and see what God has for us. I want to ask you if you would, so we'll all be on the same page. If you would stand with me this morning, we're going to read the scripture off the screen. If you're a note taker and you want the references, they'll be on the last screen. So you can jot those down this morning. We'll read together in unison as we read this passage. Thank you about the greatest gift, the greatest gift. Would you read with me? But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And now, Father, bless this word to our hearts, I pray. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. May we respond in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. By now, we all know what the greatest gift is. The greatest gift ever given was the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to refresh your memory on some of those verses we just read. Galatians 4, 4 and 5 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. That familiar passage. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. And then maybe a verse you don't think about in relation to Christmas, but I think it's most fitting. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. First John five eleven. This is the testimony that God has given us eternal life and that life is in his son. Second Corinthians nine fifteen. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, his indescribable gift. 
In James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow or turning. So God the Father gave His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Lord Jesus Christ gave His life voluntarily upon the cross, shed His precious blood, died, was buried again, arose victorious. And so we say Christmas is truly a time of giving. Jesus left the splendor and the glory of heaven to be born as a little baby. Born to poor parents in an animal shelter. Laid in a food trough. I heard it put this way this past week. What you have at Christmas is deity and diapers. Think about that for a moment. Perfect God. Perfect man joined together. Fully God. Fully man. All at the same time. You know, Jesus didn't have to. Jesus didn't have his beginning in Bethlehem. Don't misunderstand, beloved. He had existed for all eternity past. He is God. He is eternal. No beginning, no ending. But on that night, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son to be born of a woman, to be robed in flesh, deity in diapers. And a virgin named Mary gave birth to the Messiah. Now, you ever thought about this. It's one thing for God to come in the flesh. But I think it's something totally different and overwhelming to consider. He not only came in the flesh, but he came as a baby. A little baby. He was birthed by the mother that he created. Now, chew on that a while. Think about that. He was birthed by the mother he created. Jesus came not in his adulthood. He came in babyhood. He came as a baby. And he submitted to everything that we go through. All of us started out the same way. Uh, From the biggest to the smallest to the youngest to the oldest. All of us started out the same way. And we went through the steps that involved humanity and involved in growing up. Learning to walk. Learning to talk. Learning to hold a spoon. Learning to speak. And God came in the flesh And voluntarily submitted himself as a baby to learn to walk and to learn to talk and to learn to hold his spoon and to learn to speak. Is that not mind blowing to you? God humbled himself, left the splendor of glory of heaven who had existed for all eternity past. And we're not even going to talk about the time he spent in Mary's womb. Think about that. The time prior to his actually being birthed. Do you see why I say that he truly is the greatest gift? But it gets even better. It gets even better. He's the gift that keeps on giving. He grew up from that little baby. By the way, he's no longer a baby. He's no longer in a manger. He grew up. He lived a sinless, perfect life. And then there came a day where he voluntarily died on the cross for us. He chose the nails. He chose to suffer in our place. He chose to take our sin upon himself. He died for us. He was buried. But then something marvelous happened. He got up from the grave. He arose. And beloved, it's through his actions. What he did that's made a way for us to have eternal life. And the Bible says this eternal life is in him alone. He truly is the greatest gift. But just as with any gift, we have a choice to make when it comes to the gift. When it comes to the greatest gift, first of all, just like with any gift, we have to choose. We have to choose to receive the gift, to receive the gift. Now, think about it for a moment. When it comes to a gift, you have an important choice to make. You can receive it or you can reject it. Suppose I had a beautifully wrapped gift for you this morning up here. Inside that gift was something of great value. 
I had lovingly selected it for you. I went to great lengths to purchase it for you. It cost me dearly. And I bring it to you this morning. And you see your name is written on the tag. I hold it out to you. I have a gift for you. I want you to have it. I bought it. I thought of you. I purchased it. Please take my gift. But I cannot make you take that gift, can I? You can say, I don't want your gift. You can keep your gift. Now, it'd be a foolish thing to do, but you could choose to reject the gift rather than receive the gift. Beloved, this morning, God has a beautifully wrapped gift with your name on it. It is of unmatched value. It was lovingly selected for you. He went to great lengths to purchase it for you. It cost him dearly. And his gift to you this morning is a savior. The Lord Jesus Christ. And when you receive that gift, the greatest gift, you get everything that comes with him. You get eternal life. You get the forgiveness of sin. You get a home in heaven. You get spiritual riches and so much more. And it's yours for the taking. You'd be foolish to turn it away. But sad to say, many in our world do. They reject the gift. Friend, I beg you today, don't turn away the greatest gift. All you have to do is turn from your sin and place your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Gospel of John chapter 1, verses 11 through 13 says it this way. He came into his own and his own received him not. They rejected him. But verse 12 says, but as many as received him, see the difference? There's rejection and there's reception. But to as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And when it comes to the greatest gift, the first thing you need to do is you need to receive the gift. But just like any gift giver, the Lord has something else he wants you to do. He wants you not only to receive the gift, he wants you to enjoy the gift. He wants you to enjoy the gift. It's fun giving gifts away. I hope you feel that way. Do we not know that it's more blessed to give than to receive? There's a joy in giving to other people. Now, imagine that I gave my son a wonderful gift on Christmas. I'll use Gideon for a moment. You don't mind that, do you, Gideon? Gideon loves Legos, if you didn't know. Um... You might have seen them spilling out of the parsonage. I don't know. You might know as you drive by. We'll use that as an example. Imagine I gave him a set of Legos. It was the set that he chose at uh, Concord Mills at the Lego stores. The one he longed for. The one on his Christmas list. And Christmas morning comes and he, he tears off the wrapping paper and he squeals with excitement. And he starts to open that box of Legos. I say, no, 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 Gideon, don't open the box. Don't open the box. No, 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 no. It isn't for you to play with. We're going to take the box of Legos and we're going to sit them on the bookshelf in your room. And you just leave them there. You can look at the box. You can hold the box. You can shake the box. But don't dare open the box. We're not going to play with the gift. Now, that'd be a cruel thing, would it not? That'd be a horrible thing. Why? Because the whole purpose of Legos is to build something. It's to play with them. It's to be creative. It's to enjoy them. And when you give a gift to somebody, you want them to enjoy that gift, don't you? That's why you take the time to give the gift, I hope. You see, a gift is for enjoying, not for enduring. Well, beloved, the greatest gift is not just something to be endured. No, we're given the Lord Jesus Christ and all that comes with him for our enjoyment. Listen to me. We ought to enjoy the Christian life, not endure it. And I'm afraid a lot of Christians, they've got that wrong. 
They think the Christian life is something I endure. I've got to go to church again. I've got to do this and I've got to do that. No, you don't got to do it. Pardon my grammar, but you don't got to do it. You get to do it. It's to be enjoyed. Eternal life. The hope of heaven. All these things. The old Westminster Confession said this way. What is the chief end of man or the chief goal of man? And the answer is this. To glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Christianity is not a a religion to endure. It's a relationship to enjoy. Did you notice the difference there? It's not a religion to endure. It's not a list of do's and don'ts and things. And how can I be miserable today? It's a relationship to enjoy. I've got Jesus. I belong to Jesus. He belongs to me. Now, let me be real honest with yourself, Christian. Don't answer out loud. Do you enjoy your Christian life? Do you enjoy your Christian life? Is it a joy? Is it a pleasure? Is this something that just makes you have a smile on your face and and rejoice in your heart? If not, let me ask you, what's robbing you of that joy? See, God didn't give you Jesus to make you miserable. He gave you Jesus to be exceedingly glad with great joy. I've come that you may have life and life more abundant, abundant life, joyful life. And if you're not having that, then something must be robbing you of your joy. Maybe there's some unconfessed sin in your life. There's something you're doing you ought not to be doing or something you've done you ought not. You need to get that right today and come and say, Lord, I'm sorry, please forgive me and bring restore to me the joy of your salvation. Maybe it's not spending time talking with him in prayer or spending time uh, listening to him in his word. And you're not having that uh, time of fellowship together. And so your joy meters way down here. You need to get along with the Lord and, and get your Bible out and read his word and pray and watch that joy meter go back to where it needs to be. What is it that's robbing you of your joy? To the Christian life is to be enjoyed. The greatest gift is to be enjoyed. Perhaps some this morning need to pray like the psalmist prayed. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Because the greatest gift is to not only be received, is to be enjoyed. And there's a third thing with this gift. And here's something maybe a little bit different than we're used to. And that is the greatest gift is to be shared. We're to share the gift. We're to share the gift. Now this gift is not in short supply. Uh, this is not a gift you have to hold on to tightly like a three-year-old on Christmas morning. They just got their toy and won't let it go. There's plenty of this gift to go around. In fact, according to John 3.16, which we read earlier in the service, the name tag on this gift is big enough to hold anyone and everyone's name. And it could be shipped to every location in the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Freely we have received, freely we can give. We're to tell everyone about this wonderful gift. No one is excluded from receiving it. Mark sixteen fifteen says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Because of God's great gift, we can love him. We can love our neighbor. Mark 12, 30 and 31. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, with everything. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. So you see, during Christmas time, we share the greatest gift. It's a gift that we're to share. It's a gift that we're to celebrate. The greatest gift. But, you know, the stress and strain of Christmas so often 
causes us to lose focus. Causes us to forget what we're celebrating. Causes us to forget who we're celebrating. Causes us to forget to share the gift. Yeah, we're busy sharing gifts, but sharing the greatest gift. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior. And this morning, you know, I got to thinking about this. I thought we need to celebrate this morning. This will be my last Sunday here with you this year. I'll be back in January, God willing. Uh, but this is my last. And I thought, how, how could I end out our time today on this Christmas Sunday? Well, I thought we need to celebrate how we've shared the gift. I'm always telling you that your gift is impacting the world for Jesus Christ. Because we don't keep all the gifts you give as far as your financial gifts and, of course, your prayers and your serving. And I thought, what better way to end out this Christmas message than by celebrating again what God has given to us that we can give to others? How we have shared the gift. And there's so much I could share today. There's so much I could talk to you about today. How we from way out the country have literally been allowed to help touch the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what I want to do in just a moment, I want to show you just a little portion of what we have had a hand in doing when it comes to Asia. And show you how the fact that because you've given, we've been able to touch this part of the world with the gospel. And again, there's so much we could talk about and there's so much we could rejoice in. But this morning, I thought we're going to just share this one video now. Would you believe this thing fought with me today or fought with me this past week? And so I couldn't get it on my slide, but I'm going to ask Chris and the guys in the sound room. By the way, they're doing a great job and I appreciate them so much. And we're training them. We've got others going to train in the, in the days to come. And we're figuring all this out. And you're being patient, helping us. But Chris, would you bring up that video and share that one right now? And then we'll finish up our message together.
because you give, because you give, that's just one part that we're touching with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, if you did not see, as you came in today on the slide, we not only met our Lottie Moon offering for international missions, we've already surpassed it. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. Because you did. We're to share the gift, beloved. We're to share it here at home. We're to share it far away. We're to share it with everybody we meet. Why? Because there's, this is a gift that God has given for the whole world. Has everybody's name tagged on. He wants everybody to receive the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what, what do we do with this gift? Well, we, of course, receive the gift. We enjoy the gift and we share the gift. Now, here's the closing question this morning. What will you do with the greatest gift? What will you do with the greatest gift? Some here today, you need to receive the greatest gift. You need to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I invite you to come, place your faith in him and receive the greatest gift, eternal life and the son of God. Now, others, you have already received it. But in all honesty, you need to enjoy it. You need to enjoy the greatest gift. Something's robbing you of your joy. Whatever it is, you need to come and get right with the Lord today and say, Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation. I want to enjoy the greatest gift. I want to enjoy Jesus. And then, of course, I challenge all of us here today. We need to share the greatest gift. Someone this week needs to hear from you. They need to hear your testimony. They need to hear about the Lord Jesus. They need to hear about the reason for this season. They need to hear that there is a God in heaven who loves them. And he loved them so much that he came to this earth and robed himself in flesh and lived and died and rose again. And if they'll turn from their sin. And place their faith in him. He will save them. So I ask you this morning. What will you do with the greatest gift? What will you do with Jesus? Father. Thank you for allowing us to receive the gift. Thank you for allowing us to enjoy the gift. And thank you for allowing us to share the gift. The Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, you know the need. Upon the heart of your people here today. I pray that you would work in this closing time together. If someone's here and they're lost, I pray they'll come to Christ today. There's a Christian here today and they're not enjoying the Christian life. And they've got some things going on or some things they're not doing. They need to get right about. I pray that you'd help them to do that today. And then, Lord, would you burden all of our hearts? Be sharing the greatest gift, the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless this invitation time, I pray in Jesus name. Amen. We're going to sing number 108 in closing. I'm going to be right down front here. I'd love to pray with you or help you any way I could. Maybe you just want to come and you want to come pray this morning. Maybe there's some matter upon your heart, something you want to get right. The Lord's spoken to your heart today. Would you respond this morning? He has the greatest gift. He wants you to receive it, enjoy it, and share it. So as we sing how great our joy, would you come and would you do business with the Lord? He'll do business with you if you'll come. Let's stand and sing 108, how great our joy.